You are listening to Your First 100K, the number one podcast for Christian entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners who want time freedom and financial freedom so that they can provide for their families, travel the world, and give back to the less fortunate. If that's you, then sit back and stay tuned in because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Joseph Warren. I started my first multi-million dollar business at age 19 and wasted away my 20s trying to find happiness through money, success, and pleasure. I made millions, but I still didn't feel happy or fulfilled until I learned the real secrets of success. So the big question is this, how can Christian entrepreneurs like us who didn't give up on our dreams build a highly profitable six to seven figure business without being unethical, doing it all ourselves and neglecting our family and our faith? Well, that is the question. And this podcast will give you the solutions and strategies you've been looking for. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you're new here, then welcome. I have a free 10-day training waiting for you over at first100k.com. Again, go to first100k.com to grab your free 10-day training. Today, my featured guest is Lisa Peterson. She is the Mindful Millionaire Maker. As a coach, author, business growth strategist, and founder of Wealth Clinic, she helps people elevate their financial consciousness by realizing their true value and becoming financially empowered. Startup nation, I just said some three emotionally charged phrases. And right there, you heard mindful, you heard empowered, you heard consciousness, and some of you did not like what you heard. Rest assured, we had a conversation before we went live. She's not here to talk about anything that's against the God and against the Bible or anything like that. But she's going to help you, Startup Nation, deal with some of the issues in your head, right? The rocks, the head trash that's holding you back in your financial life. You want that, don't you? So she's going to meet us right there. We're going to talk about it. We're going to set you free from one limiting belief today. I'm making that bold promise, Lisa. Are you on board with me? Totally. One limiting belief. We're going to set one of you free. You're here for a reason. God brought you here. You got a rock in your head. It's in the way. God's trying to do his plan in your life, and you are blocking, and you don't even know it. Stop it. Stop it. All right, Lisa, we're going to set someone free. Welcome to uh, your first 100K Top 100 podcast in entrepreneurship. Uh, take a minute. Go ahead. Fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Thank you, Joseph, for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I have a career the past 30 years. I've been helping people with their money in various capacities. But the past eight years, I realized after doing it the more conventional way where it was how can I invest your money? How can I help you get a mortgage? How can I help you take care of your insurance needs? Like I did all kinds of jobs in the financial industry. But I realized about eight, nine years ago that my work was actually more spiritually inclined. And that was what's happening behind the scenes, what's happening inside of people. Because by the time mm. they got to me, 
I noticed that people were struggling with scarcity mindset and they couldn't get out of their own way. And I thought, this isn't working. This isn't working for a lot of people. You know, that's so true. And thanks for sharing that backstory because, yeah, sometimes we just enter, you know, our careers thinking, oh, it's going to be straightforward. You know, I'm a wealth advisor, so let's talk numbers, people. And then you're like, wait a second. Why am I like doing therapy here for my clients? But what you see is, well, shoot, I can't even have the numbers conversation until we get rid of some of these emotional issues from, you know, their childhood when daddy and mommy presented something the wrong way. So thank you for sharing that. We're going to get into that, Startup Nation. Um, And listen, again, you know, the first step is admitting you got a problem, right? So many of us, like, we got big egos, let's be honest. And uh, we think, eh, I got it all figured out. It's working for me. Meanwhile, you're broke. You're broke. It's not working out for you. The only thing working out for you is brokenness. That's what's working out for you. So you you, you want to make a decision and admit where you're actually at. Where are you? I mean, think of your GPS in the car, right? Like before you could program the destination where you want to go, you have to know specifically where you're at. Where's your starting point? Otherwise, it doesn't work. So if you're lying to yourself and you're lying to God and you're lying to everyone else and you're like, no, everything's okay. It's just going to work out on its own. You have no idea where you're at. Like you got to start with, I got a problem. I've been struggling at this. There's something blocking. It's in my head. I don't know how to get it myself. That's knowing where you're at. That's our starting place. So I just want to kind of like preface this conversation, Startup Nation, for you. All right, Lisa, tell us something personal about you. Very few people in your business life actually know. <laughs> oh, good. I made you fluster. This should be good. I immediately went to the fact that I knew that I was here I think for a long time with a higher purpose and that I wasn't living it. And I, and I'll be really honest. And it's not that I wrote a book about this. So that was probably the laugh. Cause I'm like, I still want to share it here, which is I made money, my God, for the first 30 years of my life. And I didn't know it until my dad was brutally murdered by his ex-girlfriend and her boyfriend in 1999. And it was that, moment that I realized I didn't know how to be happy. I didn't know what happiness really was. I had placed all my attention on getting ahead and living the American dream. And yet I didn't have any tools. I didn't have faith to fall back on. I had nothing. I was Mm. virtually morally like bankrupt in that in that way that most people don't want to wake up to, to acknowledge. Um, you were saying how we're lying to ourselves. I was lying a lot and I realized that I couldn't live that way anymore. And that was 23 years ago that I began to think differently about what, what was the meaning of my life and, and how could I do this without having it all be about money? Whoa. Startup nation. I just got punched in the throat. How about you? Like, that's real. Shoot, man. You know, life just comes at us. <sighs> Thank you for sharing that. I mean, that's horrific that you had to go through that. 
losing your dad, the way you lost him. But then somehow good came out of it, you know, for you and your life. Literally shifted the trajectory of your life, of your career. You've been able to help so many people now because of that shift. So many times we look at those stretching moments, those times we're being tested, expanded, and we see them as problems rather than possibilities. And like, what God, what are you about to do through this misery? But we tend to get, not even get to that. We, we're caught up in the, God, why are you doing this? Why are you allowing this? Blame, 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 and complain. And we miss it. We miss it. Take us there for a second, if you're willing. How did you, like, what were one or two or three steps you took to get out of that darkness in that season of your life? At the time, I was very consumed by death. And I don't know all the reasons why, but his death caused me to question whether I really wanted to continue living. And I had a daughter and a husband and this life. And I was like, I'm not sure I'm even supposed to be here. And so in that, you know, and you said in my entry introduction about mindfulness, at the time, I will be very honest and say that I had had such a traumatic childhood that even though I went to church and I tried to find God growing up, I hadn't. And I felt like I had kind of been betrayed. And I'm sure there are people out there that feel this and go through this, right? I felt very betrayed. And even in my dad's death, I couldn't, I did not find myself saying, oh, I need God now. What I found myself wanting was some kind of peace of mind. And that was what led me to meditation and studying Eastern religions for many years. Uh, I needed a toolkit in which to begin again. And it was very, very helpful for me for about 10 years. And along the way, I it was really funny. My husband knew how I felt. And I, I wouldn't say I was atheist, but I was maybe agnostic. Like I wasn't really brave enough to even say <laughs> like what I was. I was incognito <laughs> agnostic. Yes. And... Um, and so the meditation helped a lot and it helped me for many years and it helped me become a better parent and a better friend and a better uh, daughter to my mom who got stage four ovarian cancer and, and passed away after three and a half years. And I was able to help her through that process, but I still wasn't there yet. And after she passed and in the grief of going through that process, I will never forget. It was like, I knew that mindfulness was helpful, but not the end destination and Buddhism wasn't the answer. And I was just sort of sitting there for a couple years just saying, what, what is it? Help me. And I was awoken in the middle of the night in like 2010 and told to go to, and read Corinthians. And I didn't even know, like, I'm like, I think that might be the Bible but I'm not quite sure. <laughs> and great. it scared me so bad. Like scared me so bad. I had to go to friends because I was at that point teaching at a spiritual, a non-denominational spiritual center. And I went to a friend who I knew, knew everything about God, in my opinion, and Jesus. And I went and I was like, help me. I think I'm going crazy. I mean, it, you're it like, was you're like at the time you're like, 
you got to tell me what denomination is Corinthians. <laughs> yeah, like, is this a new Eastern religion I've never heard of? That's great. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. So I went to him and he's like, okay, you're okay. This isn't like, you're not the only one that this has happened to. You know, Others have gone to Corinthians before you. <laughs> and been told like you're supposed to go there. So I was like, okay, give me the Bible. I'm going in. And, um, and in the course of reading it, and I write about this in my book, I was like, oh my gosh, particularly the sections, and I can't give you the numbers, but I will say the sections about how we've lost our way as a society and that we've made God, you know, money and success and all these trappings more important than this relationship that we that we have with God. And I was like, this is it. This is like what my whole meaning of my life is. Like, this is what I've been. This is why I worked in money business for all these years. This is why I had to see these things. And it brought it all together. And I, I will say the rest is history. And that I knew that this, my purpose in whatever way it showed up would be to make it clear that we had lost our way and that, mm. that there is so much more that we're not exploring collectively that can bring healing and love and understanding and compassion into our lives. And, and that began this whole kind of journey that I continue to this day. Very summarized. Thank you so much for that. Startup Nation, you're so patient. You're like, give me the money. Give me the tips. Give me the strategy. I know I shouldn't worship money, but darn it, I need it. My bank account is empty. <laughs> All right. Well, Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Your bank account's empty. You made some choices. All right. You got yourself there. We're here to help. We're here to help. All right. Lisa, let's get into some business stuff here. You started this business. How long did it take you to make a hundred thousand? Like, was it years? Was it months? Was it weeks? Do you remember? I do. Three years it took me to make hundred thousand dollars in one 12 month period mm -hmm. just through this one particular business we mm -hmm. have other businesses that we have been running side by side to this commercial real estate real estate development other things but three years in being you know what do we call this influencing teaching coaching mentoring it took me three years to figure it out and the first two years were brutal it just looked like a giant hobby to be very clear and a lot of healing healing of the employee mindset i had to spend a lot of time understanding what it meant to be an entrepreneur versus working for even i had mostly done sales just to be clear so it felt like i was self-employed but it's completely different when you leave the mothership and you go off and you're like here's my brand why don't you just hire me? I have nothing. <laughs> like, yeah. What do you mean you don't love me? Wait, you're rejecting <laughs> me? I got to go and hide. I don't want to wake up tomorrow. Okay. So uh, talk to us about, uh, you know, you the first two years are brutal, right? A lot of listeners right now, they're in those first two years. They're in that brutality um, in their careers, in their businesses, and they feel lost. And they feel like it's not going to work out or it should have worked out already. Why is it working for everyone else on social media? What's wrong with them? This is what they're feeling. Come on, let's be real. Um, how did you get past that? Like, what did you do that actually started to work and make money? I was 
working on my mindset, but I will say that I didn't even understand in that first two years, my mindset, it was more about why isn't the money coming in? And what I, the answer that I got to that question was that I hadn't figured out how to provide the kind of value in the world that I wanted to be able to provide. And it was going to take me time Mm. in working with people and showing up for them and understanding their challenges and understanding how I could use the skills and the talents that I had, you know, developed in my own life to help others. But it wasn't a slam dunk. It was a lot of trial and error. And Ooh, that didn't work so well. And please, you know, forgive me because I feel like I didn't help you. And, you know, there was so much of that back and forth that it it took that that time to start to notice the impact that was happening in the people's lives that I was working with. And once that started to happen, once I started seeing the results showing up for people or hearing them tell me what I had taught them or shown them or you know, allowed them to see in themselves that was changing everything. And then I knew that I could actually make this work. It was getting that feedback from others. Mm, It's so critical because that builds your own confidence, right? When you get the feedback that what you're doing not only works, but it matters. Like it's literally changing people's lives. And then when they share that back with you, I've had people clients, you know, repeat back to me. Oh, by the way, that tool you taught me last week, I shared it with a, you know, a business uh, friend of mine, he applied it and it worked in his life. And I was like, dude, I want a commission. What are you doing? Don't give out my tools, but I'm just joking. It's awesome to hear that what you're bringing to the world works and it adds value. And now built on that confidence, you can monetize it, raise your prices, etc. What else do you want to say? Yeah, one thing Mm -hmm. to that. Back then, I didn't understand this, but now I do. And that is going to this relationship that we have with a higher power, because I don't really feel now like I'm the doer. And when I look back, I want to say that I am very spirit led in that the places that I have the biggest impact in people's lives do not come from my like limited sense of Lisa and how she's figured it out. It's like the information comes, the right people are brought, you know, I'm brought together with the right person at the right time. And, and I get out of the way as much as I humanly can get out of the way. And that has what, that is what's changed kind of the trajectory of my business. And I want to be clear about that. Thank you for deflecting credit to God where it is deserved and well said. We really have no control over the outcomes and results that our clients get or do not get, right? We show up, we obey faithfully what the prompting within us is telling us um, and how that's received, we have no control over. So if it works out well, we give God the credit. And I say it this way, if it doesn't work out well, I probably screwed it up somewhere. I got in the way, (laughs) you know, but thank you for saying that. All right, let's get into some like marketing. What has been your number one marketing strategy that has helped you to attract more clients into your business? Publicity. It's funny because it's, it's a thing I do the least and it's the thing that's had the biggest impact in everything that I do. So let's unpack that. Um, Publicity is awesome because it doesn't cost us in the same way that like advertising would, right? We're not um, investing it, you know, 
pay per click or all that kind of stuff. But what I will say is, is that the story that we bring to the world, if it is, if you sound exactly like everybody else, I call that like building your house on rented land, you're not going to get a lot of publicity. But because what I do is unique and I have been mindful of the fact that I'm unique and, I, and my job is to make sure that that uniqueness does not get hidden, does not get diminished, does not get shrunk into nothing, which a lot of people do. They don't, they don't understand their unique gifts. They don't understand how to tell the story about their unique gifts. And that's been one thing that above and beyond, beyond all, that's what led to my, you know, high six figure book deal with St. Martin's press, like, um, opportunities to be on TV and to be interviewed hundreds and hundreds of times all comes down to that story that is not coming from one of manipulation, but from one of love and service and giving. That's beautiful. So let's unpack that a little further because I think when we look at ourselves and we look for our own uniqueness, we lack objectivity, meaning we don't see what the world sees. Okay. So we're not seeing what's real. We're seeing through the filter or lens of all our limiting beliefs and life experiences. How did you go in and find yours authentically, see it, and then bring it out and present it? I've been working, before my book came out, I was working on writing it for about five years. And, you know, whether we call that professional journaling or something else, I, I mean, I call it procrastination writing. in my life, but that's great. Yeah. <laughs> writing, journaling, meditating, or communing with God, like lots and lots of quiet time that's not outward facing, but mm. inward facing. Creating objectivity versus subjectivity. <laughs> and not that all the answers come from that, but the more aware we are, the more inclined we are to show up with our gifts and then people receive those gifts and they're like, do you know how much that helped me? When you wrote that article, you know, do you know how much that helped me? When you gave that talk, do you know how much that helped me? Like I listen deeply to the feedback that I receive from my community and I try my best to uh, understand it and then test it. Like, are you saying that this is what helped you? Yes, that's what helped me. Great. I'm going to go create a talk to about that exact thing because I didn't know. I'm too close mm -hmm. to it. I didn't know. And, and again and again, that has served me really well. I listen deeply to what people share. Startup Nation, what I'm hearing Lisa teach us is that the best way for you to see your uniqueness, the way God made you, and to see it objectively, the way the rest of the world sees it, is to actually go sit with him in silence and let him speak it into you. Ask him to show you how he made you. What makes you unique? Why did he wire you a certain way? How is that wiring meant to serve the world? How is that part of his plan for you, for your life? I've done this as well, and I couldn't agree more with Lisa. I had no bleeping clue before I sat quietly with God uh, who I was, how I was gifted, um, and how to show up well in the world. 
I was literally like a blunt hammer out there just swinging away <laughs> prior to this, <laughs> hoping I would hit a nail eventually. Like, it just didn't work. But after getting silent with God and just sitting with him um, and letting him fill me with the truth of who I am, why I'm here, what I'm meant to do, then I was able to give myself permission to go out and practice and, and, and offer that to the world, contribute to people's lives. And then I got the feedback that Lisa's getting, uh, you know, talking about. And you will too, Startup Nation, you will too. But if you skip that instrumental step of sitting with yourself and with your creator because you're scared to see what's on the inside, which we all are at first, by the way, it's very common. Um, but you just sit there you'll get to see who you are and start to fall in love with yourself, not in a weird narcissistic way, but in a way of like, wow, I am wired amazing and I can bring a ton of value to people's lives and I love people and I wanna help them. This is gonna be great. Lisa, what do you wanna add or contribute to that? So I also wanna talk about um, brain science because there's a lot of data about like we're, we're talking here and I think a, a lot of your listeners and my community know that there is this way that we're talking about. But what I think is also important to talk about is what stops us from doing that, right? Okay. And the brain science, there's a neurophysicist um, by the name of Antonio Damasio and I'm researching some things. And he said this, the left cerebral hemisphere of humans is prone to fabricate verbal narratives that do not necessarily accord with the truth. So this, this left brain weaves the story in order to convince itself, you know, convince us that we are in control of our environment. And we're counteracting this all the time, which comes across as the interpreter but the interpreter is different than the observer witnesser, which is what I think we tap into when we're communing with God, when we're opening to this other way. But if we're not careful, and this is where a lot of people get very confused, they confuse the interpreter with the aware the awareness mm -hmm. of what can come in. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. Uh, in Startup Nation, just think of it this way, maybe another way just to look at it is, I say it all the time on the show, you and I, Lisa, all of us, we're a bunch of little control freaks and we're <laughs> playing God in our own lives. And we think we're actually in control of everything in our life. That's why we try to control it. And we have this white knuckle death grip on every area of our life, both consciously and unconsciously. We try to manipulate people to think the way we think. We try to get what we want, get them to do what we want, right? We get our, try to get our kids to act a certain way, the way we think they should act, even though they're wired maybe completely different than you, by God, and it's okay, right? And it's meant to stretch you, <laughs> right? So like sometimes we are in resistance to observing reality, to the reality around us, that we're not actually in control of anything, and here's the thing, here's the thing. Our ego does not like that news. Our pride does not like that. But I will tell you this, rest assured, Startup Nation, you are in control of one thing in your life, ready? Two things, your actions and your inactions. That's it. What you choose to do, what you choose not to do. That's it. 
The outcomes and results of those actions and inactions belong to God. That's it. And when you get that, you're set free. Like you're so free because you're not carrying the weight of your own destiny, which is crushing. So Lisa, thank you for bringing that up because that is science-backed and it is something we're all doing. We're interpreting the reality around us and construing it to a certain narrative that validates our own messed up beliefs <laughs> that we're somehow <laughs> in control of everything. And that's why it's all not working. So thank you for pointing that out. That is, that is important. Anything else around that, the science-backed thing? Well, just be careful that you're not believing in your own press releases. It's kind of back to what you started the conversation with. The, the, like, let's stop lying to ourselves and mm -hmm. we're going to have a much happier life. Yeah, I agree. And listen, Startup Nation, you know, when we did this, Lisa did this, I did this, you're going to do this or you've done it already, maybe. You know, when you stop believing your own press release and actually look at just what's so and maybe some of the mess that you've created in your life or allowed in your life, then you're looking at reality. Now you can actually change your life. But until you know what's so and know where you're at, you can't get movement. This is why you're frustrated. You're pushing towards a destination, but you, you're not even knowing where you're at. So just get there however you can. Lisa, we're talking some serious mindfulness here. Like we're becoming aware, aware. <laughs> Startup Nation, don't be scared by the language, okay? Get the message, get the message, okay? And keep God at the center. Lisa said it very well when she pursued mindfulness and some of these other Eastern, you know, uh, spiritual paths and ways. She found that they came up short. They weren't the destination. They weren't the end game. It's like running a marathon and then stopping right before the finish line. Who would do that? That's what it's like when we, we don't let these paths lead us to God. He's the destination. So never think you're the destination, the universe, the creation is the destination. No, the one who created it all is the destination. So always cross the finish line. That's the key there. Lisa, let's let's talk like, uh, you know, let's talk some, um, what's your number one success habit that keeps you motivated, keeps you taking consistent action, even when life shows up and kicks you in the teeth? You talked about the awareness piece. Mm -hmm. I think the other piece is exercise. You know, I'm 55 years old. I'm in really, really good shape. And I'm proud of that. And be. it hasn't been, it, I, it's not easy, like showing up to the body, <laughs> get all the things that age bring about. But I'll tell you, it gets better and better when you devote the time to it. And both my husband and I, thankfully, we share this and our children share it, not because we told them to, but because they see us modeling healthy habits. But taking good care of this vessel is really important. You're not in control of everything, but you can cho choose those actions. And I feel like we, we take a lot of time to eat well, to exercise, to get outdoors, to drink, stay hydrated, to sleep. Like those are huge priorities in our lives. And I think it's paying off for us big time. Now, this is an obvious question, but I'm going to ask it. Why is that so important to you and your husband 
when the rest of us, we just slouch on it. You know, we put it off. We procrastinate. We don't take care of ourselves. We're like, no, I'm going to crush it in business for the next three years. I'm going to neglect myself, my needs, my sleep, whatever. And it's all about the grind so I can make the money. Why is that not a good idea? Because you burn out. <laughs> There's nothing left of you <laughs> for the relationship that you have with each other. You know, like we just went to this really ritzy resort this past weekend. And I was like, dang, like we can be in, I can be in a bikini and he's like looking amazing. And not that that's why we're doing it, but it's like the pride that we, the, the beautiful loving pride that we take in each other mm. and the celebration of the fact that we're together. I think it's honoring both of us. Like we're proud of ourselves, that we care. Um, there, it's weird because I don't think I would have said that this would be so important 30 years ago, but I'll tell you, you get to middle of your life and we're thinking we might have 25 years left. Like can, you know, not all the parts are like working in the same way. There's pain that even though we've taken good care of ourselves, that I'll tell you, like we've got as good a chance as anyone to spend that next 25 years traveling, enjoying life. We have plenty of money. Now we have, reached and exceeded every dream. We have enough. I want your listeners to hear that. I know the best thing about financial planning is knowing when you have enough. I'm a financial planner and we have enough. I do not need to do my work in, in this capacity anymore. I'm doing it from a place of service, taking care of my body. Same thing. I don't have to, but I do it because it makes life better and it keeps us healthy so that we can make a big impact in, in others' lives and in our children's and grandchildren's lives. So that's why we do it. That is pretty awesome. For all you dads out there, if you're looking down right now, like look down right now, <laughs> you can't see the floor, that's a problem, right? Is your navel in the way? That's a problem. You got a dad bod, right? You got to know where you're starting. Do something about it. Your wife deserves it. Same for you, all you ladies out there. Same thing. Like, I don't know why my husband doesn't look at me the same way. Well, look at the mirror. The mirror is not looking at you the same way, right? There's reality. We all deal with it, okay? But you got to get honest about it. I think that's the main message in this episode is just get honest about where you're starting so you can actually get movement and progress to where you want to go. All right, Lisa, come on now. Come on now. What are your top three tips and strategies for Startup Nation? in order to make their first six figures in the next 12 months. Let's go. What do you got? Give me something hard. They want to be challenged. They don't want yep. no wussy passive stuff. Give them a challenge. What do you got? Number one, niche, 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 if you want to call it that. Like, do not waste your time trying to solve everybody's problems. Do not do that. You know, one of the things we were talking about offline with what a lot of my clients struggle with is people pleasing or thinking that you have to be everything to everyone. Worst advice possible that the ego kind of brings up for us. So what I like to invite folks to do is spend some time getting really crystal clear on who would be the people that you would most like to serve that would most like you to provide solutions to them and focus on them, know them better than anyone else knows them on the planet. Because if you're not doing that, you're probably not going to provide enough value to sustain your business. You have to know them inside and out. And you can't do that with a whole bunch of different people. You got to get really specific. You know, you are doing that right. 
Joseph, in your business, you've done that. So everyone's being modeled by that here with your audience, with the message, with the the the, the offerings that you give them. Like you gotta be specific. Lisa, can one? I come clean about something being you just put me on the hot seat? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so literally last week I got stuck in that. Here's what I mean by that. I work and coach specifically seven to nine figure elite businessmen. Right, they're killing it in business. They conquered the business world. They're going on home unhappy, angry, stressed out. They're blowing up on their wives and kids. Or everything at home is good. Everything in the business is good, but they're plateaued. They just, what's next for me, God? How do I put all these resources to work for your kingdom? Like, what's that higher purpose? So I help them with one of those two things. I know these guys inside and out, and I enjoy the one-on-one -on -one coaching that I do. However, I'm being pushed and prompted and nudged to do a, a group mastermind, to take the one-on-one -on -one and expand into group mastermind. I'm like, okay, but here's what others would tell me. Well, Joseph, you got to do it like a low-end price point for all the other guys that can't afford the one-on-one -on -one coaching with you. And you know, I've been procrastinating on that for about six, seven months now. Why do you think that is? Because I don't want to work with those guys. <laughs> Like straight up, because they tend to be, and this isn't to you, Startup Nation, but a lot of those guys I've dealt with in the past, they're the freebie Freddies, they're the complainers, they're the ones that don't just look at their life and say, shoot, this isn't working. I created this. I'm taking responsibility. I'm going to make a change. Like those seven to nine figure guys, they're type A personalities. They conquered the business world because they looked at the problems and they dealt with them. They didn't run from them. I resonate with that. I am that guy. So I want to work with those guys. And I'm very successful with those guys because I speak the same language. It's like elite Navy SEALs speaking the language to other elite Navy SEALs. So I finally got through that rock through the assistance of a coach. So I believe in my own coaching work, right? And they helped me blow up the rock that I was not giving myself permission to only work with seven to nine figure elite businessmen in my mastermind group as well. The second I got that, man, I was like, I'm done. All right, this I'm going to create a mastermind now for seven to nine figure guys who want the camaraderie as well, not just the one-on-one. -on -one. And boom, the price tag went up 10 times. And I got excited about it rather than wanting to avoid it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, that shifts everything. So Startup Nation, that's what Lisa's talking about. Like who are those people that light you up that you actually get excited about and you want to do the work with them? You want to serve them. And they're going to pay you a lot, most likely. And in all fairness, I don't know if this is for you, but for others, we might be afraid. This is like the imposter syndrome. Like who am I to mm. serve? that audience like the mm. ones that get you really excited they are going to take you out of your comfort zone joseph there's no possible way that you could know all the answers of what these people are going to throw at you that's why it's exciting that's why it's interesting but if we think that we've got to have it all figured out then we're going to hold ourselves back so i think the second thing is is you got to understand where is imposter syndrome showing up and face that fear head on don't ignore it I 100% agree. And Startup Nation, if you just heard Lisa, the number one reason people are dealing with imposter syndrome like I used to, and a lot of my guests come on the show, and they still are, some of them, 
is because they're relying on self and not relying on God. That's the reason. That's where all the insecurity comes from. So when I started the coaching and I felt I, I needed to have all the right answers for these guys that were way past me in business, well, shoot, I felt insecure and I felt like an imposter and a fraud. And I'm marketing, you know, my watches and colognes out there like on the streets of New York. Like it didn't feel good. But when I finally got that I don't need to create the results for the clients, God will do that. I just have to show up and serve them well. That shifted everything. Because God knows the needs of my clients. God knows the needs of your clients. God will get the outcomes and results. So when you make that shift from self-reliance to God-reliance or God-dependence, you lose imposter syndrome. It just evaporates. It's gone. It's not even a thing anymore. It's huge. It's fantastic. Why don't you try it? Go try it this week. I dare you. I challenge you. All right. Lisa Peterson. She's a rock star, people. She's a rock star. We're about to get into my favorite part of the show, Lisa. But before we do, let's take a break. Let's take a break. And we're back with Lisa Peterson. This girl's running the Wealth Clinic, right? She's a financial guru, garu, whatever you want to call her. She's there serving the world and helping you break through all those rocks in your head. Well, that's my, my terms, but all those limiting beliefs. And we're about to get into the hustle round with her. I'm going to ask you, Lisa, 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. It's like a game show. Are you ready to win a prize? I'm ready. Here we go. What's your favorite thing about owning your own business? Freedom of time. Yeah. What's your least favorite thing? I want to work all the time. <laughs> it's true, right? Like you, you got to send yourself home. Like that's enough at the office. Go home, Lisa. Okay, Lisa. Right. <laughs> all right, Lisa. I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. What are you currently challenged with right now, either professionally or personally? Understanding when you have enough, where do the motivating drivers come from? God, family, service, understanding those to help me on those days where it's like, oh, this is really hard. And I, it's not about the money. <laughs> like, get, pick me up, help me through it. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. What are you most afraid of? Fear itself. Okay. Yeah. What did you spend way too much time doing this past year? Lead generation. Okay. Yeah, I get that. Uh, what secret fear do you have about people? That they won't understand something. Okay. What do you wish you had learned sooner in business? No more people pleasing. No more people pleasing. What's a new habit you're going to create this year, Lisa? Understanding how precious time is at a whole new level. I know it logically, I know it energetically, but I, I am not totally there yet because I'm still spending time doing things that aren't good use of time. I get that. What's a bad habit you're going to break? Oh, that one's a hard one. I Sugar. 
chocolate. <laughs> I'm not really going to break it, but. <laughs> hey, hey, what is that? All right. Uh, pick three words to describe who you are right now. Forgiving, loving, and compassionate. Nice. Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in this business. Confused, feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> oh, another one. Hopeful. Yeah. And last question, Lisa, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about true success, real success in life, what would you say to them? God. <laughs> that was the cleanest answer ever. <laughs> God. Boom. <laughs> Mic drop. Walks out the room. All right, Lisa. Uh, this is the part of the show where you get to give Startup Nation, my audience, a homework assignment for this week. What's the one action they must take this week if they want to actually move their life forward? Who do you need to forgive? Is that you or is that someone close to you? Pick one person. can be you. can be someone else. And go through the process of heartfelt confession of, of what you've done that isn't serving you and them and really, really, really believe it that you atone for what you've done and that you take responsibility and you only want their happiness and freedom from that, any burden that was created. Forgive them. Lisa, that was so left field and fantastic. Fantastic. It really was. There's so many forgiveness rocks that weigh people down that are just crushing them and they wonder why they're not free. And the second they forgive the person, they ask for forgiveness, boom, they get freed, the person gets freed, they move forward. It's, it's, it's awesome. Thank you for that. All right, Startup Nation, do you enjoy this show? If you do, if you enjoyed Lisa and all my other amazing guests, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Stitcher Radio, go to first100k.com, write your five-star review. Come on now, and I may share it live on the show like I'm about to do with Handle Chef Deb C. Chef Deb C, thank you for your five-star review. She writes, an honest podcast about business. Yes. The first 100K podcast is one, uh, is one not to be missed and should be listened to often. Joseph has a way to gently bring out the very best of entrepreneurs, but also understands that even growing to level is hard. So leveling up, right, is hard, I think she's saying. Sometimes it's just simply, it simply takes a leader like this to get us there, right? You got to ask for help, people. I got leaders all around me. Let people lead you there. All right, thank you, Chef Deb C, for your five-star review. Startup Nation, go write it now. Lisa Peterson, speak to Startup Nation. They want to get involved with you. They want to find out about you. They want to do life and business with you. Where do they go? What do you got? You know, I would say this. If you are intrigued by this conversation, write to me at lpeterson at wealthclinic.com, and I'm happy to send you the first chapter of my book or another resource. Tell me what's on your mind. What has activated in this conversation? I'm sure I've got some free thing that I'd be happy to send you. All right, Startup Nation. You got fireworks going off in your head right now? Thank Lisa. She did it all today. Lisa Peterson, thank you for being on your first 100K. I wish you God's love, peace, 
and joy in your life? Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on a bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.